everyone. Welcome to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Chase Clark, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this journey of liberation and conversation. In reference to episode two, in which we talked about faith, I want to begin by saying that God works in mysterious ways. For weeks now, I've been trying to record this episode specifically, but for various reasons, I could not. It came down to last week when this episode was planned to air and my life became jam-packed, but like in a good way. All of all of that to say, hi family and welcome back to another episode of the Renaissance Project of Black Girls Movement. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Chase Clark, and I am so grateful to be here on the last episode for this series. Um, just feeling really blessed that I finished the fourth season and it's had such a great reception and I really appreciate it. Um, but I felt and still very much feel a lot of pressure going into this episode, um, pressure to get it right, because this is a pretty heavy subject matter today, as have some of the other ones, but, um, this one is quite heavy to me, but I'm going to try my best. But going back to God's timing, two days ago, I was on Twitter. It was actually when the whole Instagram shut down, which we can talk about that later, because that was what a day. Um, But I was on Twitter and I read the sad story of a student at UNC Chapel Hill who took his own life by jumping out of a building um, and his suicide makes the fourth on the Chapel Hill campus within a month. And before this, I heard and read the story of an 11-year-old girl who took her own life by shooting herself in the parking lot of her apartment complex. Earlier this year, one of the most beautiful people I know attempted but failed And two years ago, two of my close friends expressed to me that they cut themselves frequently. To this day, you can still kind of see the scars on both of their arms. February of this year, I dealt with one of the deepest bouts of depression that I've ever experienced. And I still really battle with that today. Um, But I think like most things in life, we try to downplay serious things just to kind of make it easier on us, which is neither a good thing or necessarily a bad thing. But To me, life is not really meant to be easy. Neither is understanding. As you probably guessed, we're talking about mental health um, as a collective. And to begin, I want to share a bit of my story and struggle with it, which I will say I have never done before. So bear with me. For the past three years, I've struggled with maintaining my emotions. At first, it was more like mood swings and I would just become extremely angry or sad so much so that my reactions were completely driven by emotion. This unstable energy made it incredibly hard to interact or to even explain what was going on because truly, I had no idea. Because of my ignorance and a bit of fear towards the idea of depression or being depressed, I labeled it as just regular teenage mood swings and hormones. While this very well could be an attribute of it, it was more to it than I I guess, realized until the quarantine. When quarantine quarantine came, I started off like most people thinking we'd be in and out within a week, two weeks max. Then days turned to weeks and weeks turned to months. Though we were predominantly inside, the outside didn't seem to get much better as time went on. Before the quarantine, I vaguely remember going to a funeral when I was young, but within the next months, I'd seen more, more people die than I ever had in my life. Um, and I'd literally watched people get life taken from their body, which is a traumatic scene for anybody, no matter what. 
I'd watched all there was to watch at home. I read all the work or read all the books I could, did all the work I could, talked as much as I could. But with each Stay Strong commercial I saw, I felt like I spiraled even more. By February, I'd hit rock bottom. I had no will to move, no will to eat, no will, period. This feeling was an indescribable lowness and nothing seemed to stop it. I did write something during that time, and uh, again, I have never read this aloud, and I haven't read it again since that time, Um, but I wanted to share just a little bit of it. The scary thing about depression is it shows up in ways that you never expect. It doesn't rush over you, but rather creeps slowly over you until you are unable to decipher the difference between reality and depression. When you read a dictionary definition of depression, it usually says that depression is an extreme state of sadness, but I wasn't sad. To me, depression is more like living in the color brown or gray. It is monotone, dull, and hurt personified. It is a slow dance with yourself by yourself, the music being life that fades away with every step. You just drift, wondering if the song will ever end. It's like digging a hole that you're comfortable in, safe in while always screaming at yourself to stop. It's knowing the dangers of going to the deep end of the pool and still not having the energy to pull yourself up. All the while, I feel all of these things and I have never felt an ounce of sadness, quote unquote. After that, it's a bit more, um, but that's all I'm going to share for right now. But during all of this, I still really didn't want to label it as depression because in my head, I had nothing to be depressed about. I had a home with people in it who loved me. I'd started a podcast by this time and I still had my nonprofit going strong. I had everything and still felt so low. It actually wasn't until a phone call with a woman who was in charge of this um, Bible study group I was a part of at the time verbally said out of her mouth, Chase, I'm no expert, but I think it sounds like you have a little bit of depression. Um, And after that, everything kind of became real to me. Um, And I kind of started to make some peace with it. And on that phone, after she said that that night, I broke down like a newborn child. And it wasn't necessarily that she said anything groundbreaking or that I didn't already know. But it was the first time that I'd heard my thoughts so plainly. I'm not suggesting that you self-prescribe either. um, But this was just my experience with it again. Fast forward to now, I definitely have moments where I fall into days of instability, but it has never gotten as bad as it did that February. Thank God. What I realized in hindsight was that most of the things that I was basing my um, emotion and mental health on was my possession. Saying things like, I can't be depressed when there are people without homes, or I can't suffer from anxiety when other people have real problems, etc., etc., I think this is a very American trait. Um, And I say American because, of course, I've only experienced America in my lifetime. Um, In America, we've adopted a very challenging mindset. Uh, You could honestly or I compare it to that of an ancient Roman with more advanced technology, of course. There is an old saying from ancient Rome uh, at the time uh, that goes, I am a Roman citizen. It is a characteristic of a Roman both to act and suffer bravely. This was said by, and excuse me if I'm butchering this, but I'm going to try my best again, Gaius Musius, who is now referred to as a legend in Roman history. 
You can read his story later. It's actually quite interesting. Um, But I thought this quote was interesting because it's almost synonymous with a line from the 2015 sitcom The Carmichael Show, where Loretta Devine, who played the mom, of course, like (laughs) like normal. um, And she explained that she is the mom. And basically that required her to act and suffer bravely as well. This brought me back to the notion that within history, every single minority group was told and still is a lot of times that they have no right to their feelings. Speaking for the Black community, uh, again, because that's where my experience lies, can you even fathom how long Black men and women had to hold on to their feelings in order to survive? They had no time to be sad, and even if they did, who was going to care? Being sad was seen as a weakness, feeling anxious was a burden, getting no sleep was the norm, and that was the mindset that was created, and it's been passed down generations like a family tradition. The only outlet Black people had was church. And that's where they could express themselves. This strengthened the tie between the Black community and the church that we see today. As you can see, mental health has never been of importance, really. Never, ever, ever, ever. And this all remains true today. One in three Black adults, that's 18 and up, that need mental health care do not receive it in their lifetime. And today, 11.2% of teens 15 through 19 commit suicide. In 2018, suicide was the second leading cause of death in people 10 years old to 24. This is the pandemic that we are currently in. People at large are not well mentally, which means they are not well, period. This is a pandemic that's hitting so much closer than I think people care or want to admit, and that's really selfish, in my opinion. To ensure that I'm recognizing the diversity of mental health, I do want to shed light on a few other illnesses that are affecting people today. So within the spectrum of mental illnesses, there are bipolar affective disorders, paranoia, um, eating disorders, which I was blown away this week at the amount of people who actually um, are in my school community who suffer from these eating disorders. I was just completely thrown off guard. Um, But obsessive compulsive disorders, depression, Um, disassociation disorders, and even behavioral and emotional disorders within children, and they're most common within children. Of course, this isn't the list, um, as in there are much more, um, and this is not the end-all be-all. In fact, these most of those are like broader terms for smaller disorders, um, but that's where it falls on us, in my opinion, as a society to inform ourselves, and I know that it's a tremendous feat as you know, we have a million other things going on, but I would love to see a change in our society to, and this really goes across the board for awareness and anything, to research these things and educate ourselves further than the month that they're assigned. Um, more funds in America go towards our military and police than education and mental health. And the gun infrastructure that we have is more equitable th- to access than mental health help. Um, And I really just think that's very telling of our society as a whole. Um, I think what we choose to focus on and what we choose to talk about in research really does have a lot of impact on the infrastructure and the laws that are changed uh, within our society and within our world. Um, I think once we adopt the mindset that um, if you don't protect your mind, that is how fools are made. You know, we have to really start taking it seriously. 
across the board. And I really want that for Black people specifically, because like we discovered, it's been a long lying history of neglecting our minds. And that is really the key to success. Um, The last things I wanted to talk about were just a couple things that I wanted to address. Um, And the first being that, again, Black people, I think it's really, really okay. And it's necessary for us to get help. We carry a generational trauma. If you're Black, you carry generational trauma through your veins. We have to look at the world in survival mode 24-7 just to stay alive. Even when we're asleep, Breonna Taylor, or if we're walking home, Trayvon Martin, or if we're fighting for justice, Chairman Head Fred Hampton, or if we're simply getting pulled over, Sandra Bland, Philando Castile. We could be nice as could be, like Elijah McClain, or with a bit of a past, like Oscar Grant. It really doesn't matter, because we saw what happened to Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Jelani Day. We saw that, Emmett Till, and we carry that forever. You have a right to seek help if you're in a position to seek it, and it does not make you soft or weak or crazy. It makes you strong, healthy, and sane. Secondly, I'm going to reiterate this for as long as I have a platform, how important it is to educate yourself. I really pray that we move to a place as a society that ignorance is completely shamed. If you applaud yourself on not knowing the severity of mental health, especially in certain groups, you really, really, really should feel ashamed. Like, that's not cute. Um, honestly, I just really ask that you educate yourself as I try to do my best to do the same. Again, I recognize that we have a lot going on, but once we start shedding light on these issues and putting some pressure behind it, I really think we can create some change in this lifetime. And the last thing, um, which we talked about a little bit was just taking care of you. I think a lot of times, um, we really try to look outward and see how we can help outwardly, which is always great. But I do believe that sometimes we do it at the expense of ourselves. And I know I have done the same a many of times. Um, but I really pray that we start looking at ourselves and saying, okay, this is what I can and cannot do. This is where my time limit cuts off. This is where it begins and this is where it ends. And that is that. Um, the importance of taking care of yourself. Because at the end of the day, you only have one you. And if you can't help yourself, you really can't help others. You're not of much service. So those are the three things that I really wanted to talk about today. Um, and as a whole, I just really hope that we can create some change because I am really at a place where I'm getting kind of tired of seeing the news and seeing how many people are dying by way of suicide or how many people get um bullied and no one's really acting on it. I just really want us to have some change uh, sometime in the near future, if not for those people who had to suffer in silence, for all of those who are considering it. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm going to end this episode as far as the content matter. Um, again, I really hope I educated you as best as possible and I hope you take this and and give me more facts. If you want to DM me on Instagram or Facebook and, and shed some more light, I would love to share those things. And if you would like to share your story, do that as well. I'd really appreciate it. Um, again, this was the last episode of the fourth series. It'll all make sense soon. And I really appreciate all of the 
texts and the follow-ups and all of the um, reaching out, saying how much you really like this season. I really appreciate it. Um, and so that's all for me today. That is all for me. This has been your hostess with the most is Chase Clark, and I will see you again next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. Want to join the combo? Contact me via Instagram at the Renaissance P-R-J-C-T, or you can email me at the Renaissance P-R-J-T at gmail.com. If you feel led to donate, you can do so by sending your funds to dollar sign Chase AC7 on Cash App. It is not required, but definitely encouraged. That's all from me. I hope to see you next Thursday. Until then, be well.